Hey, hey, welcome back to the podcast, guys. We've got a great episode coming for you after week two. Welcome back, Buck Bros. We've got a ton of stuff to cover. We're going to go over our week two recap. We're going to go over what's happening around the league, prepare you guys for game three. So without further ado, let me get my Buck Bros in here. Zach, Bryce, and John, how's everybody feeling? The Bucks looks like we got wind at our sales. We've got 2-0. and How is this affecting your outlook on the season now that the Bucks stand with 2-0 and sitting pretty atop the NFC South? Hey, broadcasters. Oh, man, does it feel good to be a Bucks fan this season so far? Yeah, 2-0, and another great win to open the season at home. Uh, this feels a lot like 2018 when we had the Fitz magic going and you know, we want we stole a big game on the road. We we came home and you know didn't necessarily light it up like we did against the Eagles in 2018, but we had a big home win, start two and zero. Got a lot of positive momentum going into a Monday night game. Man, there are a lot of similarities. Um, that being said, I really hope it's not 2018 because that season did not end well for the Bucks. But I, I think the biggest difference between that team and this team is the defense. Man, another impressive showing from the defense again this game. I know there's been a lot of talk about Justin Fields not really <laughs> being able to uh, get that Bears offense going and maybe not seeing a couple open receivers. But nonetheless, the defense was nasty. They got after Justin Fields. I think they had six sacks total. Um, you know, and then they had obviously had that. Great interception, Shaq Barrett, uh, when they ran the screen pay, or the screen pass for the third time in a row there at the end zone as they were trying to drive the game-tying score. Uh, I'm liking what I'm seeing from, you know, the tenacity and the aggressiveness in this defense. I think it's going to be, our you know, obviously our strong point uh, going forward. So hopefully we can continue the great play uh, into our Week 3 matchup with the Eagles. I absolutely agree. Um, we went out and dominated, and that's what I've been saying all along, is that this team was going to be good, and we were going to be fun to watch. And no one believed it. We couldn't get any respect. We're still not even really getting any respect in the national media. And I hope that we don't. I hope we can continue to fly under the radar a little bit, and we can continue to steal some wins, because as of right now, uh, I could easily see this team being 4-0 going into the bye week. And that's something that I expect to see. I think we've got a deep run into the playoffs coming this season. Yeah, but it was a really good game. Um, both sides of the ball, offense, uh, efficient, clean, no sacks allowed, right? No turnovers. Um, like only one sack allowed thus far this season and no turnovers through the first two weeks. Got Mike involved in a big way. That was great to see. Uh Better than 50% on third downs. I think the offense was really humming for the most part. Slow out of the gates a little bit with stalled drives. Obviously, the blocked field goal, uh, not a good look. And then on the defensive side, you know, kind of a slow start there as well. They're, you know, the Bears opening drive, that script worked really well for them. And then it seemed like they did not make any adjustments after that. And we did and really 
kept them in check, uh, just kept getting after Fields, who looked terrible. Uh, he can't read a book, I don't think. Certainly not a defense. Can't make up his mind on what he wants to do. Really enjoyed getting sacked for whatever reason. But I thought it was, you know, both sides of the ball looked very good in totality. They obviously slow starts, but I thought they were, were pretty good the whole way overall. Special teams just maybe not have a block field goal. Um, Kamarda, who just got engaged, congratulations, uh, is, is just a monster and a huge asset. So I was very happy with the performance overall. It has changed. I mean, at two wins, it changes the perception of the season a little bit from maybe what the, the media would have said or me uh, as far as what the ambition was for this year. So we're, we're way behind schedule on Caleb Williams' pursuit, but for you know winning football, uh, we're definitely on track there. Yeah, I think the week two game was exactly what you want from both a fan and coach perspective. Fans, I never really felt threatened by the Bears in that game, even when it was 2017 in the fourth quarter. You had full confidence in the Bucks to uh, go out and get the job done, and they did. But I think from also the Bucks perspective, you got a lot of film out of this that's going to help you get better. You know, Zach, you mentioned the missed field goal, that first drive for the Bears was pretty bad and dj Moore's still killing us so there are things to take back from the film that the bucks can improve on and getting out with the wind is just the icing on the cake yeah i think another thing that we were gonna have to really improve on it kind of reared its ugly head again is red zone conversion um, we did not convert enough opportunities when we reached the red zone into touchdowns i think we only had one conversion out of four trips so that is something we're going to have to improve, especially going into this game against the Eagles. We cannot squander opportunities down in the red zone uh, if we want to win that game. We're going to get into the Eagles game here in a little bit, but to wrap up game two against the Bears, we're going to do one of my favorite segments now is by the numbers. So we started this last week by the numbers. I'm going to give you guys a couple of numbers that came out of this week's game and Guys, if you're listening at home, feel free to jump in and see if you guys can get the answers to this as well. So I'm going to start off here with the first number, and that is 117. Rushing yards. Uh, opponent passing yards. No, I, I think it was uh, that's uh, Mike Evans' total yards, right? It was actually Mike's yards after catch. Oh, yeah. Oh, there you go. There you go. Or this week. I'm sorry. Not this year. Yeah. 117, by far the most in his career. I think the most before that was 48. So, yeah, 117 yards after catch, a career high for Mike. Um, the other number I've got for you guys, and this one's a little tricky. So, try to think it kind of relates to what we were doing last year or what we weren't doing last year. So, the number is two what we weren't doing last year yes there's a particular statistic that's going to mm. come up after this that will make two this... wins in the first two games <laughs> i was thinking like two turnovers uh runs on first down no not that specific um it's a efficiency metric i'd say it might be too obscure i'll try to work on on getting things that you guys can get um you got to dump it down for us. Yeah. I got two bones. Who, <laughs> who is Kevin Gates? 
two. Oh man, is is it is it a penalty statistic? No, it is a third down statistic. So the Buccaneers conversions of third downs greater than ten yards. That's exactly right. Uh, I was about to say that, so I'm going to share credit with Brian. I was literally yes. I was about to say that. Yes. So the Buccaneers in this game converted two third downs of 10 or more yards. In the entirety of last season, according to Greg Allman, the Bucs were 0-41. Wow. You know, and that leads me to one of my favorite uh, stats right now going in is that Baker's like 10 for 11 on third down with three touchdowns, uh, as long as it's third and long. Um, he's, he's been really, really efficient in third down, um, and putting up explosive plays. I last year, and I know you guys dogged me for saying this before, I think Brady looked bad in those third and long situations. He didn't have the ability to make anything happen. And that's the dynamic that Baker is bringing to the team this year. Yeah. And Zach brought up that we only had, you know, one sack so far through its first two games. I mean, a lot of that has been Baker, you know, avoiding sacks. I mean, there was two or three or four times where he, he looked like he was dead to rights and he escaped and found a way to make a play. So he is playing awesome so far. Yeah, he really is. He's bringing a lot of moxie and a lot of energy to the Bucks. We're really happy with that free agent quarterback. But there are some other new quarterbacks around the NFC South, and we want to keep you guys up to date on what's going in the NFC South. So, Everybody played. We had another division game, Carolina versus New Orleans uh, this Monday night. Man, the South is looking pretty, pretty nasty. We've got Atlanta at 2-0. and We've got the Saints at 2-0. and The Bucks obviously at 2-0. and And then Carolina, fortunately, coming off the back-of-back division losses. Guys, the NFC South looks to be a tougher division than people were giving it credit for, at least at the start of the season. Um you do think the NFC South is going to be as competitive as it's been at the start, or do you think some teams will taper off? Hell no. So no, the, some of those teams only have two wins because they've played other garbage teams in the NFC South. And if you watched the, the Panthers saints Monday night game, that game was atrocious. It was awful to watch. It was three to three and then six to six, and then nine. It was terrible. Neither team could do anything on offense. Neither defense could really stop anyone except for getting into the end zone. Both those teams marched up and down the field. It was awful to watch. I think both of those teams, the the Falcons and the Saints, once they get an opportunity to play some other teams around the league, are going to get exposed. I think Derek Carr is going to get exposed. Because watching him on the sidelines talk to Jameis Winston, like the two of them are having an intelligent conversation. I don't know which one of them is stupider. Those teams are in trouble. Those teams are in deep, deep trouble. Carolina's obviously rebuilding, but the the Saints and the Falcons are getting a little big for their britches right now. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, the Panthers being bad, I, I think everybody would have agreed, like, rookie quarterback, very tiny, tiny rookie quarterback. Uh, they lost their best receiver to go get them. So I, I wasn't expecting a lot out of them. I think there's the potential that it's just as, com- I mean, right now it seems it's just as competitive as we thought it would be, but not because everyone's bad, but because most of the division is playing well. They've all kind of played the same teams in some regard, right? I mean, the the Packers beat the Bears, we beat the Bears, the Falcons 
beat the Packers. So there's not a lot of like testing the waters too much. You know, Panthers have played two divisional opponents. Um, the only one with you know, like a quality win, maybe it looks like right now is the Saints over the uh, Titans, right? In week one, uh, as the Titans went out and beat the Chargers. So kind of un- unknown, I think, at this point. But there's a potential it's just as competitive, but for the opposite reason that we all thought it'd be. Yeah, I think this division's wide open. I don't expect there to be three, you know, juggernauts going forward in this division. I think it will come back to the norm. That being said, I think these teams are better. Uh, at least three of them are better than what, you know, the national experts were predicting. Um, I think we were a better team than they thought. I think that Atlanta has shown that they've made progress, although I don't know about their quarterback. I really do think it's going to come down to the Saints and the Bucks. The Saints probably have the edge there because Derek Carr is, I don't know. <laughs> it's, I just think it's going to come down to those two teams. So week four is going to be important. I I think I'm more scared of the Falcons. They seem like they've got a good run game. I But I agree with everybody that it, it's an interesting, it's, it's kind of one of those interesting points in the season when you have two games under your belt. Um, there are some teams that, you thought would be bad and they're two and oh and there's some teams that you thought they would be good and they're oh and two so it's kind of one of those are these teams really what they thought we thought they were or are they just having a bad couple of weeks and this actually leads us into our next segment segment we're going to have around the league but it's a little bit tailored to what we just talked about we're going to go you good bro or for real bro and these are going to describe the 0-2 and, and the 2-0 and teams that we, the Buck Bros, think aren't getting a fair shake. Either they're having two bad weeks and they're 0-2, or they're not as good as they say they are. They just have a good record right now. So, guys, when we start with this, and we'll start with Buck Bro Bryce here, you've got a for real one in the Commanders? Yeah, for real in the sense of I don't think they're for real at all. <laughs> I mean, 2-0 and for sure, but, you know, that opening win against the Cardinals. Now, come on, everyone knows the Cardinals are tanking. Um, sorry, Zach, they're going to be the ones drafting Caleb Williams number one overall next year. They're tanking hard. They're a terrible team. They want to be a terrible team. Uh, and they, you know, they hung around there with Washington. Um, and then against the Broncos, I mean, they were down, what, like 16 points, more than that? Uh, and somehow found a way to come back. So, you know, I don't even know how good the Broncos are, to be honest with you. They seem like they, too, are not going to be a good team. So I, I don't think the Commanders at 2-0 and is for real at all. They'll probably regress to what they probably will be, which is a below 500 team for the season. Um, yeah, I, I don't believe you, bro. It ain't for real. Yeah, maybe uh, Josh Dobbs and Russell – Wilson, I'm not the, the greatest litmus test to see how good your team is. <laughs> but he's dangerous. Uh, yeah. Uh, I have a you good bro uh, for the Cincinnati Bengals. Obviously, a team that is making deep playoff runs every year now, starting off 0-2, concerning. I, I don't think it's going to be an issue i i think they'll be there when it's all said and done at the end of the day they'll be contending for the playoff spot the issue is just is joe burrow okay uh it's not been a great start historically he's not a good 
you know, early season. I think he's like one and seven in the first two games of his seasons he started. So it's not like there isn't precedent for it. But the calf injury looks like it's rearing its head again. He doesn't look good at all. I mean, they've played two good defenses, Browns and Ravens, right? So in divisional opponents, it's always tough. But, you know, Jamar isn't getting open if it's play design or what. But, I mean, they can't find Jamar. Joe Mixon is not doing anything. The offense is really stalling. The defense is doing what they can. But that offense is supposed to be electric, and it's not looked like it. But I do think they're better than 0-2. I think they will be all right long season. It's just tough to watch right now. Or if you have any of those guys on your fantasy team, it's pretty tough too. I was going to say, speaking of the fantasy team, uh, I'm definitely going to be benching Burrow for Kirk Cousins next week. Um, and speaking of Kirk Cousins, my you good bro is the 0-2 Vikings. Now, we are familiar with them as Buck Bros. I think the Vikings are going to figure it out. They just got handed a, a tough schedule in the beginning, and they got to work out some of the kinks. John, what do you think about we were just talking about him. Derek Carr led Saints. You know what? I changed my mind. I'm going back. I want to talk about the 49ers. You for real, bro? No, they're not for real. And and I think the opposite of what you were just saying is they've had an easy schedule to start. We're talking a really easy schedule to start. And they're lucky they're not one and one. Um, and then they've got the 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 Cardinals coming up. They've they've got really easy games on their schedule. And they haven't looked dominant. They, I know it's a fun story to talk about Brock Purdy. And it's a fun story that he went out and got Christian McCaffrey and all the things they're doing over there in San Francisco. And it's just not for real. Once their schedule solidifies a little bit and things start to catch back up in reality, they're going to have to come through here. They're going to have to go through the Cowboys. They've got to go through the Vikings. They've got real games to play. And this lineup of the Giants and the Cardinals and the Rams and the Steelers, those aren't real matchups for a team like the 49ers. And they didn't look that good doing it. Uh, Against the Steelers, they looked better. But, I I mean, against the Rams, they looked okay. If anything, they looked middle of the road. And to give them two soft opponents back-to-back is going to let them get to 4-0, and it's going to really inflate everybody's heads. That's not who they really are. And I hope the Cowboys bring them back down to earth in a crushing way. Yeah, I mean, I think they look pretty impressive against the Steelers, especially given what happened Monday night against the Browns. Um, That being said, I do agree. They do have a very soft schedule to begin the season. I don't think they really play any so far good team until the Cowboys. Um, And then, to your point, their production is really centered around two players, Christian McCaffrey and Debo Samuel. I think they have 60-some percent of the touches of that team. So if either of those two go down, which we know both of them have injury or have had injuries in their past, they might be in trouble. They might be. We'll have to wait and see. But I think that's certainly a take, John. Um, I mean, I- it, it, wait, wait till they come through us. Then they go to the Hawks. Then they've got the Eagles. Then the we Hawks go again. there. What are you like, talking about? We got to go to San Francisco. Listen, <laughs> they got to play through us. I don't care what I don't care what field it's played on. They got to go through our defense, and we have the better defense than the 49ers. Defense wins every time, and our defense is playing out of their minds right now, and they're only going to get better. 
So I hope you're right. Yes. These are certainly certainly comments that can be made. I, I... <laughs> These are comments. <laughs> First Amendment allows for John to say the 49ers are frauds. Oh, man. <laughs> wow, God. Wow. God. It just doesn't get us. All right. 49ers don't win a playoff game this season. Market. Hey, he was right about Aaron Rodgers. Mm. Mm. They've seen. Uh, Brock Purdy's never lost a game he started, right? Isn't that? Yeah, actually, he I think that's... did start the Eagles game against the NFC. Oh, Champions started and game. finished. Sorry. Yeah. Started and finished. There it is. The other half of the stat. It's. It'll be interesting to look back though, because I, I Fox flashed the stat up during the game. It, two and O teams are like sixty five percent more likely to make the playoffs, and O and two teams or sixty five percent of the time they make the playoffs, and O and two teams make it eleven percent of the time. I don't know how that's been changing with the uh, extra playoff team, but it'll be interesting to see. Look back on these four teams, see where they're at. Yeah, we'll yeah, we'll have to we'll have to uh, see where things track, see if things were for real or if. Other teams were good. Watch well, um, the Commanders win a goddamn playoff game and the Niners don't. Then, then this will be a segment we need to come back to. <laughs> Throw it in the trash. Throw it in the trash. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, speaking of throwing things in the trash, let's get to another favorite segment of ours. What the buck, bro? Let's go around the league. What were the biggest follies of the week in the NFL? Let's start off with Zach. Sean McVay pulling some stuff out in L.A., what the buck? Yeah, I don't know who he owed money to. Uh, someone in Vegas has a direct line to the sideline at SoFi. That's for sure. Uh, or what do they call it? Levi South. Uh, when those teams get together. Um, yeah, I mean, they're down two scores. They're down 10. They have the ball and they're quote unquote driving and they are out of timeouts. Four seconds left. They spike the ball to kick a field goal to cut the lead to seven on a game that opened, I think, at minus seven and a half, closed at seven, but regardless, huge swing if you were a Niners better to all of a sudden give up. It's not even a backdoor cover. It's like an illegal collusion, like someone needs to go to jail kind of cover. Uh, And Sean McVay acted, you know, really coy about it after the fact, like, oh, yeah, I guess people weren't really happy about it. Okay. I think he knows who was happy about it. You know, I'll never get that story. Oh, I'm sure he was happy about it. But yeah, there's no way he didn't know what he was doing. There was somebody who we all know doesn't know what he's doing. Donovan Smith having a week catching the ball for the Chiefs. John, Donovan Smith? How does this man keep getting work? I just don't understand. He's now on a on a team that, in spite of how bad they're playing, is still winning uh, in the Kansas City Chiefs. But to watch him catch a pass and then get flagged for it because he can't do anything without being flagged was just, it was such a surreal moment uh, to see him even turn around and look for the ball. What do you, what do you even look at? You can't, you're not allowed to catch the ball. If it had bounced off the back of your helmet, your team would have been in a better position. I, who keeps paying him? I just don't understand. It It's the, that's really the, what the book is who keeps paying donovan smith to suit up on sundays i don't understand it was hilarious to watch i will say um offensive lineman uh not knowing what to do great 
But there's other offensive line trouble I've heard. Bryce, where's your center, man? Yeah, it's not so much the offensive line or the center as much as the quarterback exchange from the center to the um, you know quarterback. But yeah, two instances of just what the buck happened with this this week. First, I'll take you to Atlanta. Jordan Love, I believe it was a fourth quarter, about to take the snap, and I guess he just had one too many shots on the sideline, stumbles into his guard. He can't even stand up straight. Uh, false start, obviously. Uh, I don't know what the heck was going on there, but Jordan Love, what the fuck, bro? And then Bryce Young, rookie quarterback, number one overall draft pick. This guy's supposed to be smart, right? He might be small, but damn, he's intelligent. But uh, I don't know what they taught him there at the University of Alabama, but the center is usually the one in the middle. But he goes and lines up to the guy just to the right of him, and that's when Miles Sanders has to tell him, hey, man, you got to move over one. So, uh, Bryce Young, welcome to your first What the Buck, bro. Uh, my What the Buck, bro, actually is not on the field. It's off the field. I don't know if you guys saw this, but – in the Lions game, there was a fan who was receiving sexually explicit messages, let's say. Uh, and some of the comments that were on those messages were raunchy. My God, that fan was... <laughs> he might have been physically at the game. He was not at the game at that point in time. He was all over his text. He was waiting for whatever was happening after the game, for sure. It was <laughs> it's a little funny to read. There's no way he stayed the whole game, right? Like, he had to have leave beat traffic, right? That that had to be a thing. Oh, immediately. <laughs> Those fans just don't – I mean, they have a good team now, but uh, clearly their mindset is still like, it's the Lions. I can clearly just fuck around on my phone right now. I don't need to be here for this. <laughs> well, Bucks fans, we've got a big week ahead of us. It's Monday night. Our initiation into prime time. The Bucks are facing the Eagles. The Eagles – Looking every part of the 2-0 team, two 2-0 teams facing off for each other. Buck Bros, what's going to be our mindset going into Philadelphia Monday night? How are we going to come out with a victory? The brain says you play strong defense the way we've been playing, and, and you continue that, and, and you can get wins. My heart says go out there and just be explosive. Light them up. Get Godwin and Evans going early. Get Rashad White pounding on the ground and put up points, and make them chase. That's that's what I that's what I feel like we need to do because uh, that just feels so much better on Monday night. That's what you want to see on Monday night. You want to see touchdowns. You want to fire the cannons. You want to be real, and uh, I I want to shake it up. That's what I want. That's what I need to see in in my heart. I need to see. I need to see bombs up and down the field. I mean, I'd, I'd like to think um, if we could kind of just keep doing what we're doing because we're playing really like mistake-free football overall on offense and the defense is doing a really good job. I'm worried, uh, you know, the Eagles ran the ball like crazy uh, against the Vikings. Like they had well over 200 yards rushing against the Vikings. So that's a concern. We haven't faced, you know, a team that ran the ball that well yet. We do have, I think, the second best rushing defense the eagles have the best rushing defense their number i think is kind of inflated because the teams have been playing have been chasing them 
whereas ours might be a little more legitimate because they've been relatively closer games and the other teams just haven't been able to run the ball well but that's a priority i think is being able to to control their ground attack swift looks really good hurts obviously uh is someone you have to keep a tab on but um and what gainwell i think is the the back that spells swift so they've they have the best set of skilled players i think will have faced um between aj brown and Devonte smith obviously uh swift goddard and jalen hurts so kind of keep doing what you're doing but it's important i think to try to control that ground game and just you know not give up the big plays because they have star power uh on their team yeah um three words time of possession that is what we're going to need to do we did a really good job against the bears yes we didn't convert some of those opportunities in the red zone but we held the ball for i think almost maybe 15 more minutes a whole quarter than the bears got i mean that's impressive and that's exactly what we're going to have to do if we have a chance to win this game against the eagles to your point, Zach, this will be the most skilled team that we're going to be facing this season so far. Uh, Jalen Hurts was an MVP candidate last season. He's still got that moxie. Uh, DeAndre Swift looked really good against the Vikings. A.J. Brown hasn't started off great. I would know that. He's been a fantasy player of mine that hasn't done shit so far. Uh, but he's always, you know, he's got the big play capability. Uh, Devontae Smith, same thing. Yeah, they're going to be really hard to defend. So the less we have to do it, the better chance we have to win. So we got to make sure our ground game is going. They do have the best run defense in the NFL so far. But I think Dave Canales is going to come up with a few schemes to help us kind of uh, get more, um, you know, space for our, you know, maybe some screens, maybe some, you know, non-traditional run routes that we can do to kind of help with moving the chains, right? Try to keep it at third and short, third and manageable keep it going. And then the other two things is you mentioned it when the turnover battle again, we've been doing a really good job so far. And then three uh, would be to convert in the red zone. when We get there. I don't know if we'll have too many opportunities. They do have a good defense, but when we do get there, make them touchdowns. And then hopefully we'll, they'll be chasing us instead of the other way around. Yeah. For my point, I think you hit it, Bryce. I think this game is kind of Dave Canales's it could be coming out party, if you will. I think he's going to have to have great schemes that allow us time, not only to find open lanes and get passes, but also to matriculate down the field so that we're reducing the amount we have to defend all of those skilled players. So we've been playing really good football. I think this is the type of game that we're going to have to play perfect football to come out with a win. Yeah, I think uh, you mentioned like the defense keep doing what they're doing. This is also the best offensive line our defense will have had to go up against. It's probably the best offensive line in football. So let's see if Bowles can keep dialing up pressure that affects the quarterback. And the flip side, it's probably the best defensive line that our offensive line has gone up against. So let's see if we can continue to protect Baker, maybe get another 100-yard game on the ground would be really nice but it's going to be the toughest trench battle we've had to date for sure and to that point you know that we need Kalijah Kansi to play in this game I'm hoping with the extra day off um and he got a lot of rest this past week he can come in and be an impact player like we saw in week one because we're going to need him to get through that offensive line and to wreak havoc 
on Jalen Hurts because I think if you get him flustered often and early, we can we can get under their skin and and slow them way way down. Not just him, Carlton too. We'll need we'll need to be at full strength. I think uh, for this team, this team is pretty good, but it will be on the flip side if we do win three and zero. We were talking earlier about 2-0. and 3-0 looks a lot better for the season outcome, um, especially if we beat the Eagles. That'd be pretty nice. Now let's get into Buck Bros Fantasy. We're two weeks down. I hear Bryce had a good week last week with Mike Evans and Patrick Mahomes. Do we have a quick update on the standings? Sure. Uh, in first place is Bryce Hustlebaugh after a 51.3 point performance uh at 75.8 points second place it's a little tighter down at the bottom i mean there's a bit of a delta here but uh john's in second 59.34 points ryan 54.4 bringing up the rear is myself with 52.32 so it's a battle for second place that's a long season long season calvin ridley five points All right, well, let's get into our picks for this week, week three. We now know the rules, Bryce. You cannot select anybody, so Patrick Mahomes off the board for everybody. Um, but let's first start with our Buck players, and I think we start with Bryce for Bucks. Uh, that's right. Yep, first place, first pick. I'm loving it. So what we don't have is a rule that you can't take, you know, another – Bucks player again. So with the first overall pick, actually, in this pause. Week, I, 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 I'm speaking here with the first overall pick in this week. I will be taking Mike Evans once again. Uh, I think he's going to have another big performance. This man is in a contract year. He is balling out. He wants that money from the Glazers. They need to give it to him. Give me Mike Evans. Oh wow, huge pick! All right. Well, if that's how we're going to play it, we always talk about time of possession. Um, and he had a good game last week. He did end up getting in the end zone for me. So give me Rashad White uh, coming off a really big game. Hopefully our keys to the game actually manifest, and uh, he has a big, big night. Okay, that makes me third, right? So I'm going to go with Christopher Godwin for mine, and no real explanation. He's the next logical choice logic has nothing to do with it and that is why i'm taking baker mayfield who is undefeated in his career against the philadelphia eagles that is going to be my bucks player this week and i am calling for three passing touchdowns from the captain the new captain of the ship baker mayfield and then we need an nfl player that can't play on Monday night. I don't have the schedule in front of me. I want Daniel Jones in a bounce back. Wow. Just for reference, the other game is Rams Bengals for players to avoid. But you're taking um Giants play. Uh the Giants play, play... the 49ers. Oh. Uh, oh, on Thursday. Uh uh. Short rests you're, you're against fake. the Niners in San Francisco. But don't worry, the Bold. Niners are the Niners are just fake. So you're, that's a great pick, John. Uh, it's back to me, right? Hmm. Okay. Ooh. Okay. I like this. I'm gonna take Tua Tungavaloa, uh playing 
the Denver Broncos. Uh, I'm going to go run CMC. Right in John's eye. Uh, yeah. I I, <laughs> I heard the Giants were playing the 49ers like, oh, run CMC is available. Yeah, he's killing it this season. All right. So, let's see what we want to do here. I have a guy. He's dating someone pretty special. I don't think we've taken him yet. So let me go with my boy, Travis Kelsey. He's up against the Bears in week three. So I expect he'll have a big game. Okay. Travis on a pitch count, Kelsey. (laughs) Got it. Okay. He got a tutty. He got a tutty last weekend. Yeah, he shook it off. Yeah. Yeah, he'd be all right. Come back into form. Yeah. Take him out. Take him out of the league early, so he, when he does I get healthy, none of y'all can take him anymore. Thanks, John. I was about to be like, yeah, he looked like he was twenty-two out there. Those are good fantasy picks, everybody. We'll see how it shapes out for week three. But we also have to get to our trivia segment. What you know, bro, John? I hear we have a winner from last week. We do have a winner from last week, and that is going to be Glenn Richardson. Uh, and so we will reach out to them. Uh, most likely via Instagram or wherever they place their uh, winning comment, and I will get that FedEx gift card out to you this week. This week's trivia question is: Name the Bucks kicker the last time the Eagles defeated the Buccaneers. Boom! Like that one. In honor of Matt Bryant Day. And it wasn't Matt Bryant. Oh, because we won that game. <laughs> <laughs> this is now my favorite segment. I, I need this. <laughs> All right. All right. Bring us home. Bring us home. All right. Well, Buck Bros, make sure you're following along again at Buck Bros TV, Instagram, and Twitter for the trivia question. We're going to go to our next segment, Caleb Williams Tracker. Not a whole lot to say in Caleb Williams Tracker. He didn't play this week. Is that right, Zach? Uh, just checking. Yes, did not play. Did not complete a single pass on Saturday. All right, so still not due to injury. Let me just be clear: there was a bye week. It's not like something happened to him. Still healthy, still god tier in terms of that. But we'll see where the Bucks shape up. Still early in our season. Um, may not need this Caleb Williams tracker much going forward if we continue how we are going. But we'll wait for next week to figure that out. The Bucks. Facing the Eagles Monday night, Buck Bros. We hope you're rowdy. We hope you're cheering on your Bucks just like we are. We're going to sign off for this episode. We'll see you guys next week. Go Bucks. Go Bucks. Go Bucks. Go Bucks. Plus five and a half. And for this week's trivia segment, uh, I have a great question for you. The last time the Eagles defeated the Buccaneers was October 13, 2013. Only three players scored a touchdown that game. Two of them played for the Buccaneers. One did not. 
Name the one player who has never worn a Bucks jersey to score a touchdown in that game, October 13th, 2013. That's like a novel. How am I going to put that in the Instagram post? <laughs> hey, you just posted. He thinks of the, uh, the graphic. I like the question. I like the, can you do that one more time? What, what, was, what, what are we trying to do here? Name the one non-Bucks player to score a touchdown on the, the October thirteenth. Last time the Eagles beat the Bucks. Yeah, October thirteenth. So the the Eagles player that scored the touchdown. Well, a player who's who has never played for the Bucks. So yeah. it's likely but, an Eagles player that played for the Bucks at some point scored for the Eagles in that game, right? Yes, Deshaun Jackson had two tutties. Well, Basically. spoilers. Spoilers. Yeah, come on, man. Jesus Christ. I can't edit this out. Wait, that doesn't tell you who's that doesn't tell you the, the answer. That's true. That's one of the non-answers. Yeah. Cut cut that. Cut that. Well, in fact, both players who scored that that I don't want to know are both last name Jackson, Deshaun and Vincent. Vincent. Yeah. We're just giving away hints. <laughs> Wait, is this the game we went to? Is this the Foles game? Yes. Yeah, it yes. is. Ugh, memories. That was great. Oh, well, all right. That's the trivia question. <laughs> you can edit this down, right? Yeah, have fun.